Richards is at the high point. Jones, Romaterio has a lane. Nicholas Romaterio, the shot. Scores! Holy jumping! The Italian Stallion puts the puck in the back of the net. Mamma mia, Nicholas Romaterio! Short-handed, two-on-one. Kirsten has Nixon. Scores! Holy jumping! It's a short-handed goal, and the Oakville Blades are running away with this one. Josh Nixon. McDermott to Israel's to McDermott. McDermott down low, centering. Scores! Mamma mia! What a goal! Kyle Potts puts the puck in the back of the net in back-to-back -back nights. Tic-tac-toe, and the Blades passing comes to perfection. Block that shot, and coming the other way is Alton McDermott. He's in on the breakaway. Scores! Holy jumping! His grandfather, Paul Henderson, must be ecstatic about that one because Alton McDermott just scored his first career Buckland Cup final playoff goal. You're watching Mamma Mia! This is Fire Talk with Nicholas Fiore. Everybody, welcome back to episode number three of Mamma Mia! This is Fire Talk. I'm Nicholas Fiore, the Oakville Blades play-by-play -play broadcaster, and joining me today is former Oakville Blade, Ross Sloan and Sloaner, the assistant coach, and now promoted to the assistant GM. First of all, welcome to episode number three. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, first two episodes were awesome, so just excited I could be uh, to be part of the third one. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. So you you played with the Blades uh, in 2013-14 and then 2014-2015. Pretty impressive. 88 games, 85 points. How different is the play from when you were playing to now? Uh, you know, it, it definitely changes year by year, um, but definitely it, it's gone to a more skill game, uh, more speed uh, back then, you know, a little bigger body, stuff like that. But, you know, we still had the advantage of the uh, the Olympic ice back then. So, you know, we still tailor our game to, to you know, an up and down kind of uh, full speed um, kind of style. Um, but, yeah, no, I had an unbelievable two years uh, in Oakville. It was unfortunate my second year, you know, I kind of had a – almost a year ending injury. So that kind of tailed me out, only played 30 games in, in my second year. Um, but, you know, unbelievable organization, great, great place to play and nothing bad to say about them. Pretty crazy. You played majority of your junior year, I believe out of three years, because the first year was with the Mississauga Chargers in Oakville. You play uh, division three in NCAA in the States with uh, Sun Sunny Plattsburgh, four years there, 38 points, but you come back to the Oakville Blades. And, you know, you're still a young guy. You got, you know, you got the future of coaching ahead. How <laughs> eager and how nervous are you? Are you more nervous coaching than playing? Yeah, um, honestly, because you can't control, like you can't uh, control um, really too much when you're coaching, right? Like it's not like you're a player, you can jump over the boards and make a serious impact. And, you know, it's basically up to the players to, to go out and deliver the game plan and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so it is a little bit more nerve wracking, you know, because sometimes your, your compete just comes through. Like, I just want to go out there and, you know, I want to, I want to play with them. I want to compete with them. Um, I want to try to help them win and succeed and, and reach their goals. Um, but, no, I love the coaching side. It, it's definitely uh, – it was it took a little getting used to um, being on the opposite side and stuff like that. But um, I, I love it. And, you know, I'm just excited for the opportunity that, you know, Jamie, Jamie gave me last year and moving forward. Speaking of last year, um, you were obviously came in as a assistant coach, 
How did you like it? How was your first year experience? It was awesome. Um, you know, I knew going in, you know, I, it was my first year coaching, so um, experience was lacking. But yet again, Jamie kind of took me under his wing and, and kind of, you know, showed me the ropes. And, and I learned a lot from him. Um, you know, not a lot of people can say that, you know, they coached under a former NHL in their first year. Um, so I'm very, very, very lucky and very blessed that, you know, he gave me that opportunity. Um, and it's awesome. And I cannot wait for, uh, for this season to get started. Um, you know, couldn't have asked for a better first year. And obviously, you know, you're going to stay on as assistant coach. You're now moving up to an assistant GM role, uh, obviously working alongside Jamie, making trades and, and learning the aspect, the business aspect, the business side of the game. Um, what do you bring to the table in the Oakville Blades? Like I said, you're young. you got a bright future behind the bench. But what do you think you bring? I think it's just, I'm just a young, a young guy that just got out of the game. Um, you know, so, so I'm bringing some new aspects, some new light. Um, you know, just different looks. You know, I'm trying to challenge Jamie a little bit. He's trying to challenge me, We're like bouncing ideas off each other. Um, you know, I'm just going to try bring a new, a new school look to the game because you know it's definitely tailored to to speed and skill and and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, as a young guy, I just want to come in and, and be kind of that player's coach. You know, build good relationships with the players because at the end of the day, you want the players to play for you, right? You know, they you want them to win for you. And if you don't have a good relationship with your team and you don't have a good culture, you don't have a good identity. Um, you know, then that then that kind of slips away. Um, so that's that's what I'm going to try and bring. You know, just a little bit of glue between the coaching staff, you know, and, and the roster, and also bring you know a little bit of new light, like I said, you know, into uh, into the systems and, and development stuff like that. And is it easier for you? Um, I know I relate because I coach, you know, uh, under 14 girls rep soccer team in Caledon. Is it easier for you to be as young, I guess, as myself and and these players young with the uh, relation and you can relate to them more than let's say a 40, 50 year old coach, even though the experience could be there if you're older. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, you know, just, just in like, you know, an example like playing time or maybe you're not getting, you know, the power play time you want or the ice time you want. And I was just, you know, I've been there, right. I've been there just a few years ago. There's games, you know, where it's just not your, it's not your night, you know, and you're getting frustrated and stuff like that. And I can read their body language pretty well. You know, I got to know each, each player on, you know, a pretty personal level. So you can kind of see, you know, what ticks them, what doesn't. Um, so I think that's a huge part of being a young coach, you know, going up in, in the ranks right now is I can really, really relate and I can really, you know, see almost right away when someone's a little bit off. And then, you know, you can find out how to tailor um, the way you approach them differently than each player and hopefully get them back on the track. But um, no, it is. It honestly is kind of scary how relatable it is um, to, the, to these players because I remember, you know, just a few years ago, I was in the same boat. And with that being in the same boat, obviously, you just came off a season 2018-2019 uh, in the States there in NCAA Division Three. Does that how was that experience? Part one to the question. And secondly, to that, how does that experience now help you behind the bench? Honestly, I, I loved my four years at Plattsburgh State. Um, you know, probably the best four years of my life so far. Met a ton of people, you know, got friends in Sweden now, Russia. You get to, you get to meet a bunch of people, so it gives you that opportunity to travel. Um, the hockey was unbelievable. Um, you know, the school was great. And, and honestly, I did learn a lot um, from my head coach, Bob Emery, there. He was there for four years. He's, you know, one of the most recognized NCAA coaches. His record speaks for himself. And I, I reached out to him, you know, like my, my junior year and even my senior year and was like, hey, like, I want to get into coaching once, uh, once my career is done um, playing. So he actually, you know, kind of 
let me run some video sessions here and there for the guys and, and stuff like that. So he was really, really supportive of, of me, you know, trying to further my career um, in the coaching. So I got to tip my hat to him. He definitely did, taught me a lot of things, um, you know, over my four years there, uh, leadership and stuff like that. You know, he, he gave me the responsibility of being a captain my junior and senior year. Um, you know, so, so that was a, a huge honor for me, uh, especially as my junior junior year being a captain. So, um, again, I just want to thank Bob because he definitely, uh, he definitely instilled a lot of good things that I brought, I brought to the Blades. And now bringing to the Blades, you know, it, obviously we have to be halted this season um, with the, the coronavirus, uh, COVID-19 pandemic. And I spoke to Jamie Storr on episode two, obviously the Blades head coach. And, you know, I basically asked him, what could have this team done? Could we actually repeated with so many rookies and, and all that from your playing experience, obviously not too long ago and not because obviously you're on the bench and on this team, do you think we, the blades could have had a chance of winning it all again this past year? No doubt. Um, you know, the talent that we had, um, you know, was by far, uh, you know, one of the best in the league and, and, you know, Jamie did a great job with our systems and, and kind of, you know, targeting our gameplay to our Olympic ice because that's that's kind of a big advantage especially uh, in our league um, and our goalie ten or our goalie duo um, you know that that's that would have been huge in the playoffs you know we got Will Barber and, and Adam Harris who are two absolutely outstanding goalies um, you know we had lines and holding down the back end you know we just traded for Davis at the deadline um, honestly I, I think we would have had a very very good chance um, of, of doing a repeat um, it's unfortunate the way things happen, but you know that's that's how the, uh, that's the way it went. So we're just focused on this year, and, and hopefully we can repeat again this year. How excited are are you for your new role as an assistant GM? Obviously, there's got to be more responsibilities, more duties, um, and obviously you're a little younger, right? So the mindset has to be there. Uh, how how has it been the transition, and are you ready for it? Yeah, you know I love I love having a challenge. Um, <clears throat> I think I am I am ready for it. There's definitely a lot more responsibilities, you know, you know, trying to make trades, talking to other GMs and stuff like that. Um, it is, it is a little tricky. I'll, I'll admit being, you know, a younger guy in the GM role because there are like a lot of other older GMs, you know, that, that all know each other that have been around the league. So just trying to earn that respect and, and just trying to you know sit at the table with everyone and, and kind of have some serious conversations. I'm sure it's going to be a little tough at first, but you know, once people understand that you're, you're kind of, um, you know, involved pretty deeply with, with all the, the GM stuff, then I think it's going to be a lot, a lot easier and a lot more smooth. And, you know, I'll be able to get in contact with, with people a little more easier, but um, I'm super excited to, to learn a little bit more about the business side and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so again, I got to thank Jamie for, for kind of giving me a little bit more responsibility this year. How crazy is it that, you know, you've known Mike Tarantino for so long, he's been with the blades forever, obviously, you know, um, Tons of respect for Tino, and now he's with Collingwood. Obviously, I had the run with him uh, two seasons ago, um, including Jordan Selinger and Cole Crane and all of them there. But how crazy is it now that you're in an assistant GM role, and then meanwhile, you got you know, Mike Tarantino in the GM role in Collingwood, and now you're talking to each other on opposite ends trying to make a deal. Pretty crazy how this hockey world can come in full circle. Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, I actually uh, I uh, played for, for Mike in my last year, even yeah. though I only played, you know, 30. Full circle, you know, we were on the phone the other day just talking, and, you know, five years ago, six years ago, I was his, uh, I was one of his players. So it, it is, that's the one great thing about the hockey world, though, is you meet so many good people, 
you know, you make so many great connections. Um, so am I surprised? No, but it is, it is a little bit funny how it came full circle with that. And, 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 you know, it's, it's crazy to see how, like you said, you were playing not too long ago for Mike and yeah. now obviously, you know, uh, you're, you're an assistant GM and you have a few other guys joining you. Um, obviously a few, uh, exits of staff members and then a few, uh, entrances of staff members, uh, we're going to be talking to Jamie Allison and Justin Pereira um, maybe later this week, but how excited are you not to work with also another Jamie, former NHLer, in Jamie Allison, and obviously Justin Pereira, um, yeah, university, a university staff member, right, with the Varsity Blues there of UFP. So obviously there's knowledge there, and you four together could be a pretty good thing for the Oakville Blades, could it? Yeah, no, 100%. Like, like I said, you know, last year working under Jamie Store, an ex-NHLer, like that's an unbelievable opportunity. And, you know, you wake up and now you have two ex-NHLers um, behind the bench that, you know, you get to learn from, which is, which is honestly mind-boggling almost. It's, it's such, such a great opportunity. And, and funny enough, I actually used to work um, with Justin, um, you know, training kids at, at Canland uh, way back in the day. So, again, full circle. Um, we'll be working back together and he, he's got a great mind for the game. He's amazing with video and, and, you know, the small details, he, he's had nothing but great reviews in, in his, uh, his Rangers team. So the four of us are, are really, really excited and we're kind of just chomping at the bit to get at it. The rookies that uh, we had coming back last year, the Blades had coming back last year, um, was, was okay. Was okay. A pretty decent number. Um, and now you could have, let's just say 12, 10 to 12, let's say, obviously, barring some yeah. deals and obviously some stuff that I'm sure will be going on uh, in the near future. How important is that to come back, especially in junior A hockey, from one year to the next? Yeah, it, it is important, right? But at the end of the day, you're going to have a lot of, you're going to have a lot of turnover. Um, it's just, it's just the name of the game, but you know, we're going to have a really good group coming back. Um, you know, we're excited. We're going to have a good balance of, you know, older guys, younger guys, couple rookies. Um, you know, we're going to have Adam Harris back. Who's one hell of a goalie. So that, that really helps right then and there. You got him between the pipes that, you know, everyone can count on, you know, everyone has respect for him and everyone knows he'll make the save. Um, you know, if you make a mistake, which, which mentally and for the team confidence is massive. Um, so I think we have a really good, a really good group coming back, you know, hopefully, you know, make a couple deals here and there and, and kind of finalize your roster to, to exactly where you want it to be. But I think we're going to be looking really, really good to, to the start of the season and hopefully compete for, for a championship. And that's, that's the key at the end of the day, right? The championship, but obviously we got to get, we got to get started again. We got to get going. Yes. Um, and obviously I spoke to Marty Savoy, the OJHL commissioner. Um, I'll say it's been a week now uh, yeah. of doing this show. Has any, can you enlighten us on anything? Has anything changed um, with anything of return to play or so far and so forth? It's, it's still kind of up in the air, to be honest. Um, there's, there's not really much to, to report on that standpoint. It's basically in Hockey Canada's hands and, you know, kind of see how the stage two, um, stage two, two walkout plays on and, you know, see how that works and see if it's, uh, if it's you know, any new cases are coming up or, or if everyone's happy with that. And then hopefully, you know, we'll have a season. It's still up in the air. You know, everyone's hoping that we will have a season. And, you know, I'm banking on that. We will. But from, from our standpoint, we're, we're still kind of in the clouds on that one. Everybody, if you're just tuning in now, we're about maybe halfway through episode number three with Oakville Blades assistant coach and assistant GM Ross Sloan. And 
stay tuned because very, very shortly we're going to have current NHL player and AHL player for the LA Kings and Ontario Reign in the AHL, Matt Luff, an Oakville native, uh, just like yourself, Ross. And obviously, you know uh, Matt from a while now. Uh, he was a Blades AP also. Uh, tell me about your relationship as he, as we hope he comes on very, very shortly. Yeah, um, I've known, actually, I was, uh, it was my last year playing in Oakville when, when he was uh, coming up to play in the Oakville for the Oakville Blades. He ended up playing in the, the OHL and, and had a, I'll keep going. So, but we basically, uh, we basically just been golfing all summer. Uh, we've been golfing every day. He's been beating me every day. Um, I'm getting close though. So, um, we've had a great relationship and, and, you know, I'm just happy for him to, to jump on and I'm sure, I'm sure he'll be at my throat for my golf game, but. Well, Hey, we're, we're, we're excited. We're, uh, we're excited to have him hopefully, um, very, very shortly here, but you know, it's pretty crazy how obviously you see down the pipeline of yourself, you know, playing sometimes with, or even anyone, right. You can play with a current NHL player and you're like, wow. Why maybe it happened for him? It couldn't happen for me. But obviously, life is a yeah. crazy is a crazy road, right? And and when you have those friends that make it, how cool is it? But not just that, like how how crazy is it around around an NHLers world? No, it, it it's honestly it's awesome. Um, you know, he was obviously undrafted, and and you know he just kept going for it, and he ended up you know making a career out of it, which is which is unbelievable. Um, and it's cool for all the kids coming through, you know, the Blades and even the OJHL. The more guys that make it out of, you know, even though Luffy didn't, didn't play in the OJHL, you know, he was he wanted to um, when he was a 16-year-old and, and all that kind of stuff. And it's just cool for the kids to say, like, hey, like, this guy made it, was undrafted. Look at him now. You know, he's got some highlight real goals, um, all that kind of stuff. So it just kind of fuels the fire for the younger generation. So the more guys that, that end up making it, um, you know, just pushes everyone else in, in the right direction, being like, you know what, if he can, why can't I? So I think that's great. And obviously to have a few former NHLers behind the Oakville Blades bench now with Jamie Storr and Jamie Allison, obviously connections galore there. Um, yeah. How important is it to relay that information to your players that if you want it and you work hard, there's an opportunity here, not just to be successful in junior, but obviously furthermore. Yeah, well, like, no no doubt about it. Um, it it's any kid's dream to, to be coached by, you know, not one, but two ex-NHL players. Um, their connections are, are through the roof. You know, they have the work ethic. They know the time and the effort that it takes to be an established NHL player. So they're, when they come in and they're saying, hey, like, you know, like, let's get on the ice early. You know, let's shoot pucks. You know, let's stay late. Let's do this and that. They're not just saying that, you know, to sound nice. That's because that's what they did. They did all the extra work. They stayed on the ice later than everyone else. They did all that stuff. And that's why they had such, you know, great careers in the National Hockey League. Um, it wasn't just because they woke up one day and said, I want to play there. They woke up, they said, I want to play there, and I'm going to be the hardest working person. And at the end of the day, if, if you are, then the sky's the limit for you. And obviously, you got to work hard. And, and that hard working not just starts from the bench, but it starts from your veterans. And those veterans coming back is the likes of Alton McDermott huge, huge forward, Jacob King, yep. Cameron Hatsianu, and obviously there's a few more, Stephen Whittle uh, will be coming yep. back, well, second year, I guess, technically for him, but uh, then there's a speedster like Jake Vary, and then 
you know, on the blue line, there's Grayson Arnett. Uh, all these rookies now technically become veterans in, in the OJHL. How important is it for the rookies to come in to lean onto the veterans? But I guess, let's say the three, four-year guys like King, Hatsianu, and McDermott. Yeah, I think it's, it's huge, right? Because at the end of the day, <clears throat> you know, if you're 16, 17, even sometimes if you're a first-year player at 18, you're, you're going to be nervous, right? You're, you're jumping into a league where there's gonna, you're going to be playing 21-year-olds and stuff like that. Um, I think Hatsiano, King, Derns, even last year did a, did a great job, you know, kind of in a, I would say like a second-tier leadership role. Obviously, you have Israel's Lions, and Ricketts, who, who are the leaders, and, and they did an unbelievable job just, just showing, uh, showing a great example of, you know, what it takes, uh, you know, to get to that next level because they all had college commitments. Um, but, again, I think Hatsiano and them did a great job, and I'm expecting them to, to come through full throttle this year and kind of take over from the Ricks and the Izzy's um, and stuff like that. And I think Luffy's going to come on right now. All yeah, right. He's, he's, he's coming on right now. All right. Uh, as soon as he comes on here, we'll, uh, we'll uh, get it going. So special guest, Matt Luffy, will be joining us very, very shortly. Um, and then obviously we'll talk about Ricketts and Israels and, and Lions. Uh, you know, the most skilled guy he'll call himself on the Oakville Blades. But <laughs> – how fun was it to coach these guys and how much will the blades miss them? Because, you know, they were very good players. Honestly, yeah. very good players, I should say, actually. <laughs> that's, that's a great question. Um, they're definitely going to be missed. Uh, like those, those three guys are, are our definition of, you know, passionate hockey players, good for the locker room, great leaders. You know, those were the three guys that, that should have been leading the team. Um, Flynn is an absolute character. What, what a great person that guy is. I tell you, it's, uh, I, it was a pleasure to coach him. You know, he's, he's got that little bit of, you know, like he's, he likes to joke around a little bit but when it's game time. You know, he's serious. He, he's 110%, which I think is a great balance. I think, you know, it, it's, it's good to have that. You can't, you know, it obviously depends on the person's personality, but Lions hit that role to a T. Um, you know, Ricketts and Israel's obviously, you know, dominated the league last year. Again, they're both 20-year-olds coming back. Um, so, so their their play spoke for themselves. Ricketts held everyone accountable. Ricketts, you know, uh, sorry, Israel's held everyone accountable. Ricketts, the same thing. So those three did an unbelievable job. Have you seen more an impressive season from a single player? Obviously winning the MVP and then the CJHL Player of the Year for uh, Harrison Israel's? What a year. Um, it's, it's tough to compete with that. Um, you know, there's some great players in the past that have played in the OJ who have played against, um, you know, like the Dirges and and uh, he played for Buffalo. He had 55 goals in, in one year. So that's, that's going to be a pretty pretty hard stat to, to beat. Yeah. But in saying that, I haven't seen a performance like Harrison Israel's put on last year. Um, he definitely took the year, the year by the horns and, and went out. And he wanted it from the beginning. That, that's, that's another example of hard work and dedication. To the end of the year, he's like, I want the scoring title. I want to do the, you know, I want to have the best year. He was on the ice first, on the ice last, you know, setting great examples. And, it, it, it didn't come to a shock to me that he led the league and, and, and won those awards just because I was around him all year and, and he has that pro mentality. So I'm, I'm sure he's going to bring that in, uh, into the college, into the college game. Absolutely. All right. Sloaner, it's about time. I think uh, Matt Luff is coming in. All right. Yeah, finally. We'll see. <laughs> There oh, he boy. is. He's got it all working out, worked out now, eh? Well, 
we'll see. Maybe not. <laughs> Sloaner. Oh, there he is. There, yeah, we, there we go. go. There we go. Welcome, Matt Luff, to uh, episode three of my new sports talk show, Mamma Mia. This is Fire Perfect. Talk. Uh, awesome. It took a little took a little while for you to get in. I know you were at the uh, at the uh, golf links over there this morning, trying to get it going on the phone, but uh, that didn't work out too well, did it? No, it didn't. I ended up kind of uh, dumbing my cart a bit, went over a speed hump, and that didn't turn out so well. But uh, we're here, and uh, thanks for having me on. No, you know what? It's an honor. Thank you. I mean, obviously, we've had, you know, Jamie Storr, former uh, NHLer, and soon to come, hopefully, a couple more former NHLers. But obviously, you're, you know, a current NHLer, current AHLer as well with the Los Angeles Kings and obviously with the Ontario Reigns. So when uh, Sloaner said, you know, get, let's get Luffy on, I'm like, hey, if he's willing to do it, Let's get her going, right? So honestly, though, I, you know, I'm I'm a young guy trying to trying to go up in the business. So I appreciate uh, you uh, coming on. Hey, anytime. All right. So with the LA Kings and and with the Ontario Reign, Matt, and let's get this out of the way first. Who's the better golfer, you or Sloaner? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I already I already said yeah in, in the earlier when you were coming on. He he beats me every time. But I'm I'm slowly coming for him. Give yeah. me like two months. Two months down the road, we'll come back to this and we'll, we'll re-ask the question. But right now, yeah, Matt, right he's now, I'll take it. All right, so Luffy's taking that one. And you know, you're you're a young you're a young guy too, man. And and obviously, coming into the NHL and the AHL, you jumped in right from the O. Uh, was it a hard transition going from the OHL right to the AHL, and then obviously eventually getting your NHL playing time? Uh, yeah, I think at 20 and making a pro is kind of a big jump. I mean, you're going from playing against guys who are 16 to 2021 20, there for overagers. And, you know, I kind of had the chance to uh, make the team as a 20 year old versus coming back to juniors. So made out a camp there and then kind of just got my feet wet in preseason. And, you know, I had a good preseason. I scored here and there and kind of just got, you know, my feet under me and not a good coaching staff. And I think our team was pretty good. We, we got a like knocked down the first round, but I mean, Texas went to the final that year and they were pretty lights out. So I think the jump wasn't too bad. I had a lot of guys I could lean on and kind of just progress as the season went on. And you know what, my coaches were pretty solid. And I think uh, the next year after that, making the jump too, like without, I don't think the coaches or the leading staff I had, uh, I won't think it was that easy, but they made it pretty easy for me. And obviously Sloaner had the experience of the jump from, uh, you know, junior to NCAA and you had to jump from OHL to the AHL how different is the is the game and how much more intense is it from junior basically to professional yeah I think it's kind of a bear jump just because I mean at that point it's a job everybody's playing for you know what there there's there's guys that got kids and families that you know are just play the game hard and do, do their job everybody has a job to do and I think that's what you learn is that you know it's kind of uh, when you're outside, you can kind of joke around, but when you get inside the dry stall room, it's kind of like you got to lock in and, you know, you guys are buddies, but at the end of the day, you got to keep working up the, up the roster and take someone's spot and sucks to do, but at the end of the day, they're trying to do it to you too. So, I mean, the jump's pretty hard, but at the end of the day, you know, it's a job and, you know, something's got to happen. If you're not going to do the, your job, someone else will. So, I mean, kind of learned that like that, and that's why the jump, I think, is uh, pretty hard because if you don't understand that, it's not going to happen for you. You won an OHL Cup in 2012-2013, uh, but you're pretty lights out so far in the AHL. 85 points in 135 games. I mean, even 16 points 
in 51 games in the NHL. I mean, that's that's pretty good for, you know, the, the youngster that you are. Tell me about your first goal. Huh. Um, a- sick, I, NHL or NHL? Are you trying to hear NHL, here? NHL. Let's NHL. Um, yeah, it was a pretty special night. It was kind of uh, – we were in St. Louis and uh, had an old high school buddy, actually, who uh, – kind of messaged me saying he was in town so I kind of left him two tickets and it was my sixth game and we were just going off there in second and it was zero zero and I was like right, right off the zone draw and we kind of talked about what we we're gonna do and then kind of worked out to perfection I mean Hags won a big wall battle and then it was kind of a two-on-one and I mean Kempy's such a elite player with his like his skating ability his hands and I mean that's probably a top top elite, elite uh, saucer pass he put on my stick there and I mean just took I think one or two strides and put over the glove so I mean pretty special moment I mean uh, I mean I've dreamt of it since I was probably a kid so to finally have it's pretty cool and people ask me about the cell yeah it's kind of just blacked out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I can imagine I would do the same thing I would I wouldn't even know what was going on you just gotta go hard after that eh as yeah, hard as pretty, you do on the yeah. links with uh, Sloaner there <laughs> yes yeah, yeah, it's pretty special. But I mean, uh, I don't know, Birdie Putt and Wolf with Sloan is a pretty big celebration. So those two are, uh, those two are comparable. Exactly. There's not a lot of celebrating when I'm golfing. There's more putter putter throws. That's about it. <laughs> hey, Sloan, he, he compared your his NHL first NHL goal to the golf game. That's pretty good, eh? <laughs> I'll take I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, you know, moving forward, I mean, with Anze Kopitar and Drew Doughty and so many of these other guys, Jonathan Quick, and I, I know there's you can name so much more. As an Oakville boy, obviously growing up and obviously a dream to play in the NHL, has it sunk in yet in your 51 games in the big leagues that you're playing with these guys? Uh, not really. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, we were doing something kind of when I got home when the season kind of ended early here and I was doing something and then uh, – Quickie sent me a text and I was reading it to my dad. My dad's like, if I would have told you back in like 2012, like Jonathan Quick would just text you about like, I think it was a TikTok I did. And uh, what would I have done? And I've been like, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't have believed you. So it's pretty cool. I mean, Dewey's just kind of down the highway here in London. And I mean, we still talk pretty good amount. And I think we'll probably have golf in a good amount too. So, I mean, it's pretty cool to have. And to sink in, I don't think it's there yet. I think uh, when me and my buddies hang out and we're just like, watching some of the sports net things and like I pop on or something it's kind of just like pretty wild to see because I mean at the end of the day I was probably a 13 year old kid like sitting down in a booth watching those games and to be out there is uh pretty surreal yeah I was just gonna say it must be surreal you're, you're probably like I said you're probably with Sloaner and you get you pop on sports center on TSN and then all of a sudden you probably uh, give you some good chirps yeah, there we were actually out on Friday at Beer Town in Oakville here because Patty was just open and uh I was walking to the washroom and some guy like with a Habs hat on kind of just stopped me and was like, go Habs, go. And I was just like, <laughs> nice. And he's like, sorry to hear about the season. So it's just kind of weird like that. And so, I mean, I don't really, I'm not used to recognition. I mean, I'm sure guys that are higher standards than NHL are, but I mean, it's kind of weird just to walk to the bathroom in Oakville and just kind of get noticed like that. Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely a pretty cool thing, right? I mean, that, that's what kind of, you know, you work for and you dream for as well in this process. You know, the, the AHL got canceled, um, and obviously you were in stride with the Ontario Reign there. NHL, technically, there are still hopes. Um, but for how did it affect yourself and, and uh, the team this season when you got the news that the AHL was going to cancel the season due to uh, COVID-19? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, kind of sucked because, I mean, we were kind of 4-5 uh, there, and in the AHL, it's 1-4 to four make it there. And 
with LA obviously not going to be in playoffs, it's kind of a look for uh, LA to get to come down and watch you if you're in the playoffs and see how you play in you know those types of games. And I think for me, those big types of games is kind of where I shine. I kind of like being in the moment and you know when there's a game on the line or a series on the line, it's kind of what I do my thing. And so, I mean, that's where it kind of sucks most because I think we were probably going to go pretty far and it would have been a, kind of a one-two playoff round. And that's what probably up to eight more looks you get from the coach and the management up there. So, I mean, kind of sucks like that, but I mean, I got five months here, so time to just put in the work and when I get there, make a statement for to be a full-time player there. And I think uh, that's what I got to do. So kind of sucks, but in a day, it's a blessing disguised with five months of just, you know, go right to the grind and get going. I mean, there could be a simple answer to this next question, but how important is it to really, really take every opportunity and every look that you're going to get when you hit the ice? I think it's, it's key. I mean, first impressions, you can't do over. So I think uh, whoever it is, I have, I've played two years with the Kings and I've had three new coaches. So I mean, those first impressions are huge. I think uh, if you go off on the wrong foot, it's not good because at the end of the day, you know, it goes back to that. If a guy has a good first impression versus you, it's kind of, that could be one of the reasons. But I mean, it's just, you know, every opportunity you have to make a team or any team or any league, it's, you got to do it. I mean, something every kid should learn that you got to make sacrifices to make it. And that's kind of what my family's done for me. And even I did, I mean, I, I remember when we used to get ice after the blades games when I was in like fan or whatever. And I'd be like one of a few kids out there for my team skating. And I was kind of like, oh, like, where is everybody? And it was kind of that time where parties were going on. And I was just like, well, like my social life not there. And I mean, my parents kind of said it's either like social life or, you know, it's get better at hockey and make it there. So I think, uh, Lucky enough to have my parents for that one, and I think uh, they kind of showed me at a young age what it's like to take advantage of every opportunity given to you. Well, I mean, hey, I don't think you're complaining now, are you? <laughs> no, no, so that's huge. Um, Ten games with the Oakville Blades as an AP back in the 2013-14 campaign. Three goals, three assists. You played with, I believe, Sloaner a little bit there as well, I believe, as you, as you were yeah. getting called up. Uh, let's get the first. Was he any good back then? <laughs> yeah, Solner was pretty good. I mean, he was a pretty good Super Bowl player in warm-ups, and then it kind of just transitioned <clears throat> to the ice. He was pretty uh, – it was a pretty good group up there, and I liked playing with those guys. I wish uh, I was a full-time 16-year-old because I think uh, me and Solner's relationship would have grew a lot quicker than it kind of has just recently. But, I mean, uh, things happen. I don't think if I made at 16, I might not have been the player who I was I think it was huge but I mean Sloaner and the older guys there were great and I think that's why uh, a few years later they kind of won everything because they had that leadership down and they kind of learned that you know uh, you do well teams look at you and, and I think uh, that goes down to like Vinny, Soupy and uh, Sloaner here. And you know obviously you know touch upon the Oakville Blades a little bit you probably maybe it is technically your hometown junior team and looking from afar I mean they won it two years ago and obviously Sloaner now finishing his uh uh, NCAA Division Three stint there, and and how well has this Oakville Blades organization ran over the years, and now to be so successful? This to me or Sloaner? It's to you. It's to you. Lucky. Oh, it's to me. Okay, got it. Got it. Uh, <laughs> I think. Well, I, I haven't really. I kind of just knew kind of the guys on his team from the '97s onwards, but then I end up knowing like Ricketts for a good amount, and mm-hmm. I think they're just a good organization overall. I think. Uh, that's why they win. I mean, you look at Tarantino and he was there. He's such a, you know, when he was with the Patriots, he won there and he came here and he won again. So I think uh, anybody that ends up with Tarantino, I think what you guys probably had 
90% of the team committed to a university with him. And I don't know, I don't really know much about this year's team just because I've kind of aged out with those guys. But I mean, you just look at previous years, I think you got five committed guys every season. And I think that's uh, something you look at versus other junior aid teams around the league. And I mean, now with Jamie owning it, I have a couple guys in LA asking me about Oakville. So I mean, they're making their name around California too. So I think that's huge. And so I think you just see the teams growing and their success is huge. So I think it's good for the city of Oakville. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Oakville, I've been there for three years now and not because I'm there. It's a, it's like, it's a classy organization, just especially for yeah. junior hockey. And, uh, you know, you can see where the strides can be taken forward. Uh, just switching gears a little bit here. Um, obviously you're at the golf course since it's reopened, <laughs> but training wise, it's gotta be tough. Um, while being off, obviously, in quarantine. I mean, quarantine, I guess, is easing up now. But uh, how have you been during quarantine, and what are you doing for uh, the training? Um, kind of just took a month or two off. Well, I wouldn't say off. It's just because I didn't have much of the house and anything. I ordered a kind of a home gym in Peloton, and it was up to, like, a month to order. So it was just, like, just trying to figure out things to do. So whether it was, like, rollerblades or whatever went, went on. But, I mean, now it's kind of things are opening stage two, so I think – we can start heading back to the gym. I think I'll start next week, but it's kind of nice. It's a nice break. It's the longest I've been home for, but I think uh, my parents know it too. I kind of get bored. I mean, I'm not used to this relaxed lifestyle. I'm kind of sure. used to waking up and having a schedule. Even when I come home for summers, it's like a month maybe off and it's back to the gym and on ice. So it's a little bit different, but uh, me and me and Sloan have probably walked the golf course a good hundred times together and uh, so I guess that's where I get my steps in right now. But I mean, uh, once the gyms open up, it's back to that schedule and however long the off season, it's just, you know, take it in every day and get better every moment. Absolutely. And finally, you know, moving forward and, and looking forward to the next season, obviously you can find yourself with, you know, the Ontario rain once again, but obviously you want to crack that LA Kings roster in a full time basis and you definitely have the capabilities of doing so. Are, are you putting a time frame on yourself and to say, okay, I want to be in the NHL full-time because you are still pretty young. Yeah, I think my time frame was start of last season, I want to be in the NHL. So as of right now, it's kind of just uh, overdue for me. I think uh, I got to look at myself and look at my season and kind of see where I got to be better and you know where the coaches can trust me and put me in those situations versus some going, uh, we should look at somebody else and I'm the guy going down. So it's kind of just, you know, this summer, everything I do is just, you know, it's benefiting me and making sure, like, when I get back to L.A., like, my goal at fitness testing is to be number one on the leaderboard. And I think that's uh, kind of a statement right away if you walk. They haven't even seen you on the ice yet and you're walking out top two, top three on the fitness testing. It kind of shows, like, all right, he's here to go. And I think that's where it starts. And that's a whole, like, attitude thing. And that's where uh, I think I kind of have to work on as a whole. You know, it's fun to joke around. But then uh, in the day, you got to take someone's job. And I don't care. It's my buddies now. So that's kind of where – that's what I'm focused on this year. It's just everything I do is just zoning in and just getting ready and earning spots on the Kings. And that's hard work and determination that obviously you got in yourself and you're going to push forward. The next thing you got to do though, is get your phone working properly. What do you think? <laughs> well, yeah, that could be it, but there's not much service wherever I was playing today. I was playing like acting. So I blame it on oh. that. But, yeah, yeah, you're out in the country over there. Yeah, I was out in the boonies, so I wasn't good. <laughs> out in the boonies. Out, out in the boonies in acting. Yeah, that's um, me and, and Sloan are, are across that course off our list. Oh, yeah, never played. Never going back. <clears throat> exactly, there you go. Uh, listen, Matt, honestly, I, I appreciate this. Uh, 
you know, a lot of a lot of current NHLers sometimes don't don't matter the age, don't have uh, a lot of time for you know guys like myself trying to come up in the business and you know give us the time of day. And honestly, what Sloaner mentioned right away, I know you guys are friends, but you know you still could have said no, and yeah. and you didn't. And I appreciate it uh, very very much more than you know. So uh, awesome, and thanks for coming in on the new sports talk show that I'm. Uh, no, thanks for having me. I know uh, the path is hard to get where you want to get. I mean, I didn't have the easiest either, so. Anytime I can hop on and help someone out is huge. And I mean, just to talk about my career and whatever, and just showing kids that, you know, it's not the smoothest pass to be. I'm not, not everybody's McDavid. They're not first round from the day they stepped on the ice. It's, you know, you got a couple bumps here and there and you might not get drafted, but at the end of the day, you know, I got where I'm going and you know, I, I still got a long way to go. But I mean, just like you, I think uh, just keep rolling with the punches and keep going and it'll be good. So thanks for having me on. No problem. And I appreciate it. Like I said, very, very much. Sloaner, thanks for joining as well. It's all happened because of you, so I appreciate it. No, anytime. Thanks a lot. So, everyone, Ross Sloan, uh, former Oakville Blade player and current assistant coach and assistant general manager of the Oakville Blades, and Matt Luff, current number 64 for the Los Angeles Kings in the NHL and Ontario Reign in the AHL. Thank you to you both. Matt, thanks to our special guest. I appreciate it very much. Everybody, follow us on our on our social media platforms, including you, Matt, on Perfect. Let's Twitter, do it. Instagram, Facebook, at Mamma Mia, This Is Fire Talk. This was episode number three of Mamma Mia, This Is Fire Talk. I'm Nicholas Fiore, the broadcast voice of the Oakville Blades. Stay tuned because Friday, episode four, will be released with another former NHLer. Mamma Mia! Hits it in. A chance here can develop, but the Blades will look to take it. And is and Ricketts finds Israel's breakaway. Israel's a chance. Backhand. Rebound. Scores! And the Oakville Blades win it here in Toronto. Blades win. Blades win. Blades win. Garvey to Josh Belgrade. Into the zone, Belgrade, Wyatt Allen, these two had some history from Sunday. Blades are in, Chore the shot, SCORES! Luke, ch 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 chore Chuck-a-chuck-a-chore, he's in and makes the game 3-1 for the Oakville Blades. A little spin-a-rama down low in front of Colton, it's Mamma Mia, what a goal! Game is opening up in a big way for both teams. Ricketts, centering, what a pass, Israel's breakaway, the move, SCORES! What a goal for the Alaska Fairbanks commit, the assistant captain, Harrison Israels, with an absolute dandy, split from right to left, and had Colton Eats, legs pop wide open. Now on Alliance, Jack Lyons, centering, SCORES! The double jacks combined. As that, that puck popped up like a jack in a box. And it's Jack Ricketts from Jack Lyons. That was Mamma Mia! This is Fire Talk with Nicholas Fiore. Thank you for watching and stay tuned for the next episode.